It's fun to go twice as hard as everyone else this time of year. That's why Dunkin' doesn't stop at just one signature holiday latte. So, they made two. Both handcrafted with rich espresso and topped with whipped cream. The holiday classic Peppermint Mocha features notes of mocha and cooling peppermint. While the toasted white chocolate is complete with creamy white chocolate flavor and cinnamon sugar dustings. They'll help you show the holidays a thing or two. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone. Athletes, celebs, and much more. Today's episode is brought to you by BUSR.com. You know, everyone always asks me where they should bet, and now I got a solution for them. BUSR.com slash Paul. You deposit $100, they'll match your $100 in free bets, so you basically get $200. Go check it out. BUSR.com slash Paul. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Adrian Clark. Adrian, how's it going? All good, bro. Average to uh, average to savage. That, that's that's fitting for me, bro. So yeah. <laughs> all good though, man. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's just let's just go back in time a little bit. How how did you get first started uh, in the sports industry? Man, um, my close friend and growing up, my childhood friend C.J. Miles, who fifteen year NBA vet, started out with the Utah Jazz and then moved on to. Cleveland Cavaliers, Indiana Pacers, uh, Wizards, Toronto Raptors, Memphis Grizzlies, I believe. He gave me my start, man. And it was just more so kind of like an internship. Um, after I graduated college, I moved to Utah to kind of just learn the business, uh, kind of just watching him and, and his in, in his environment and learning the business, man. I um, It was my mindset to be one of the like, best NBA agents, um, youngest NBA agents, but Seems like boxing was more so my calling, but CJ was my start into sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Then, yeah, I, I saw you. I didn't even know until I was I was doing some research. I didn't know you were an amateur boxer back in your day. Yeah, man, I started at 21, man. Me and my brother, you know, my brother passed away in 2006, but my brother was the one that really taught me how to box, taught me how to fight, and we always would box, man. Like, that was my, that was, I was his favorite opponent. He was always, he would always beat me up. And um, once I once he passed away, and then I went to Texas A and M down in Corpus Christi, found a boxing gym, man, and like literally it's history from there, bro. So um, yeah, I, I fought 2007 to 2009, man. I wasn't I wasn't very good, but uh, yeah. that was my start to to boxing. Yeah, for sure. Then what what year was it like you stopped being an NBA agent and then you got into boxing? So I was certified in 2012, I believe. 2012 was my first year. I didn't have any kids, man. You know, I know, like, ignorance is bliss, so to speak, but I didn't know how much money was, you know what I'm saying, required to actually be a successful uh, NBA agent. So I was only an agent certified for a year. I didn't have any clients. Uh, I went after Tony Mitchell, who is from Dallas, also like me. And uh, he was drafted in the second round by the Pistons. Um, he had a decision to make between myself and CAA. Of course, he went with CAA, which is a conglomerate. Uh, but, you know, that's that was my one-year experience. It was a good experience. But uh, boxing was really the calling, man, that I, I never saw coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then tell me a little bit, like, how would you got into that? I know you work with, like, Aero Spence and, and a lot of other guys like that. 
Yeah, you know, Jerry Belmontes was my first yeah. client, man. And, you know, my amateur experience actually helped that because, you know, Jerry was at my fights. You know, Jerry was actually in Corpus Christi to watch me fight. So he remembered, you know what I'm saying, this, this guy that he would not only see in a boxing ring, but we would see each other around town at the club or I would see him running. And, you know, not not even five years later, I'm this guy's manager, man. Like, it's it's like a movie how it happened, but I started with Jerry and that was my, that was my crash course essentially into professional boxing because unlike the NBA and other sports, you know, there's no, um, there's no union or player association to help you navigate water in regards to the sport. They just throw you in the water and you figure it out from there. But Jerry was my start and I learned everything through managing him and things just grew from there, man. And I was able to do it for about a decade and got out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I know, I don't even know how many books you have. Cause every time I turn around on Facebook, you got like a new <laughs> book. Drive. I think, what is it? Three or four or five? Oh, man, it's actually five. It's actually five. And I'm, um, I'm trying to wait to, to put out the sixth book. I'm still working on some things, but I think six is going to be the magic number for me, man. I'm a, I think I'm gonna call it quits after six. But honestly, as an author, man, you just you kind of go with what hits you. So if something hits me after six, then who knows? Yeah. So protect yourself at all times is is uh, your I guess your main your main thing. And it was like teaching. I listened to it too a while a long time ago. But I think I don't remember when it came out. When it came out, like 2017. 16 16 yeah i mm -hmm. remember listening to it yeah and it, it just taught you like all about like you know the boxers and things like that how to watch mm -hmm. your back basically and things like that so what, what what like inspired you to write that like that was your first honestly, book right? honest, honestly man my experience and you know I, I got a little bit of the experience as far as like the the nba side so how it is with the agents uh with the the pa and how they regulate the agents and how much they make and they actually give a good education too the, um, the aspiring or the, the new um, sports agents or player agents. So I kind of just took that, that narrative and then um, mixed it in with professional boxing, even though there's nothing to really mix it in with. I came up with some creative things that could help protect the fighters. And um, some things I'm working on going forward is something to help educate the managers. As the PA, um, they, they help with the player agents. Uh, I'm going to help with boxing management as far as like helping the managers hit the ground running coming into the sport. You know, I, I was a manager for a decade, man. And in 10 years, P, like nothing changed. There was nothing on the internet that could help you out uh, getting your foot in the door or hitting the ground running as far as like, okay, now I'm a manager. Now what? Like, what's the first step? What do I do? How do I do it? Like, there, there's nothing out there. Like, literally, as we speak, there's nothing out there. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, that's my role now, man, to really, I learned the game. So now it's my time to, to give people the game, man, if they want it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I know in 2019, uh, you actually joined like a, a sports uh, agency group. What, what was that like to, I guess, go not, I don't want to say backwards, but like you were independent and then you joined the agency. So what was that like for you? The, the timing was perfect. I, I knew that I was done with boxing management. But I always told myself that I was going to sell AC Sports Management. I told myself back in like 2000 and maybe it was like 13 or 14 that I was going to sell to Wasserman Group. Um, and, you know, I reached out a couple of times just to try to make a connection. But 
Um, I ended up selling the Balaji Group. So Wasserman Group, Balaji Group, it's still a group. So uh, it was just, it was perfect timing, man. And um, I was able to to get a little bit of money from it, but then also able to acquire a, a good little salary and help build a, a boxing division for, for the company. Um, I was only there nine months. Something else that was actually more beneficial, a uh, new challenge came up, but um, Ballinger Group, much love to, to, to the company, man. They're a really good group. Yeah, for sure. Is that that next thing was the was the fight network? Yeah, man. Yeah, I uh, you know getting into television and uh, it was a new challenge, man. It, it's something that honestly I didn't plan for. It came out of nowhere, and um, I was like, you know, what the hell? Like, let's let's do it. Um, I was there for about a year and some change, and I was able to do the protect yourself at all times seven part series uh, with the fight network. But um, I learned a lot about the television network and they don't move as fast as us, as us entrepreneurs do. So um, I, I got impatient with a lot of things and I was disappointed that a lot of ideas that I pitched did not uh, like go through like perfect example. So before, like now you're seeing like a lot of celebrity boxing going on, like with the Paul, yeah. yo, I, when I first got with them, like I told them like, yo, this is something that we should do. Like we should go with, celebrity boxing or like kind of like a tournament like to reintroduce you remember a guy named Butterbean from back in the day Butterbean became um, a star but it was from tough man competition so that was actually my idea let's reintroduce the tough man competition and televise it on fight network to bring more of a following but they didn't bite for it man and then all of a sudden we see celebrity boss and take off and i'm like bro yeah. you see i, I know I, I may be young but i know what i'm talking about man yeah, so, for sure. yeah that was, it was a good experience though yeah i don't know if you know uh anthony marcella uh he's from rhode island he's a boxer uh he actually wa- i was at the fight he actually walked out um with bryce hall you know who that is the tiktoker mm-hmm. yeah like um i think it was probably 2017 or 18 just because yeah. he was like he was living out there with him and stuff so it was like crazy to see that hall because he did the same like he pitched the same idea but that and then it actually like happened this year and then yeah it's crazy right crazy man crazy bro. <laughs> so yeah going That's into good. that what, what do you what do you think about the paul brothers hey man make your money man yeah. i mean you know it, it, honestly you know they've they've uh infiltrated the sport and um i don't knock anybody from yeah. from making their money man and making their mark and creating their legacy and uh, it, just, it just shows you like there's no uh, there's no gatekeepers in boxing. And it just it honestly shows you how easy it is to uh, infiltrate the sport and become someone within the sport. But no knock to those guys at all, man. They're both doing the they're both doing their thing. And uh, I don't know how long it's going to last, but they're already making crazy money. So yeah. um, I don't really have a thought on it. I think it's I think it's good, but I can point out some bad, but yeah. no need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, I like they're I mean, I would say like they're probably like the best markers on planet at this point. Like it's pretty crazy what they're doing on that on the on that side of things. Um like you think you think Jake Paul could be like a legit like contender or no? No, no, right. No, not not with the real guys, man. Not with the guys that actually do it. Um, you know, you keep getting those MMA guys, man, that have big names, you know, MMA guys uh with respect to what they do. Yeah. Um, most of them are not very good strikers within their own sport. So trying to come over to boxing and only be able to, you know, just use your, your arms and your head, essentially, 
Um, you see the crossover has not been relatively good. So if I'm the Paul brothers, um, maybe your last fight, then yeah, you get in with a big name boxer and get your ass whooped yeah. and it'll be worth it because the money will be there. But for right now, there's no reason to, there's no reason to do it unless it's a big name like Floyd Mayweather or Canelo yeah. or something that it's going to be crazy. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And now what, what are you doing now besides like, I know you just said you're uh, thinking about your sixth book. Yeah, but of course, protect yourself at all times is like yeah. that. That's going to be something that um, there's something in the works where I can't spawn. I'm waiting for like the head nod or for the handshake, essentially, so we can announce um, a major partnership that's actually going to bring a big shift um, as far as like the, the educational standpoint goes. Um, hopefully that will happen in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Uh, but protect yourself at all times is really the focal point for me. Uh, because that that educational system is missing in the sport of boxing. And it's not like professional boxers are not being taken advantage of like right now. It's something that's been going on for, for decades. And um, I'm not I'm not going to be the guy to stop it, so to speak. But uh, I'll be the guy or I've been the guy that has introduced um, an educational system to the sport that has not ever been introduced before. So I think I'm kind of. Um, flattening the curve. I hate using that phrase, but as far as guys being taken advantage of or the education not being there or people just not knowing better, I think that conversation is uh, coming to an end because I'm putting something out there for people to know better in hopes that they actually do better. So uh, protect yourself at all times is my focal point and will be until it gets to where I, um, where I see it in my head. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you saw it. I think it came out like yesterday that uh, MMA is trying to form like some kind of like a NBA, like a CBA or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's going to be. I'm not going to say it's going to be tough, but like they should start with like a, a council. If I were if I were working with those guys, it's like, look, let's let's form a council. Let's form a fighters council to where. Uh, whoever the best fighter is at that point in time, whoever has the the most knowledge or well-versed within the business, have them as the president, and then you form out your, your, your council, so to speak, and that becomes your voice. So nothing can happen in regards to mandates for, for the UFC without the council being alerted or a part of negotiations. Uh, I feel you have to start there. Like Once you get organized, man, you know, things become easier from there, but you got to get, you got to get organized. Just saying that you're going to do something that doesn't, that don't bring change. I've seen it so much in boxing, you know, people on Twitter or whatever, like we should do this or fighters should do this. It's good talk. But when it comes to that action, man, nobody's doing anything. So like, like Marshawn Lynch, I always, I'm about that action boss. So I don't really say too much on social media. Um, I know what I'm doing behind the scenes. So it's like, I'm, I'm about that action, man. All that talking, I'll leave it up to somebody else. I'm actually doing on my end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, how did you get uh, Jay Prince to to forward your book? Jay's the homie, man. That's that's my. I spent a lot of time with dude, man, and the knowledge that he has, man, is you know Jay don't really Jay don't really say too many words. He don't have to, but when he does speak, man, it's like it's automatic knowledge, man. Whatever he's either instructing you to do or telling you to do or advising you to do, it, it's valuable stuff, man. So. Um, I, I was privileged to 
uh, he, he scared me a few years ago with the with the phone call, man. He, he kind of cold called me. And um, I think it was either Bob Aaron or somebody gave him my number. And uh, he called me in regards to something. And he just called me out the blue, man. And it, it scared the hell out of me. But uh, ever since then, man, you know, we've been just good friends. I've, I've been over to his house and we've talked about books and movies and life and uh, boxing, of course. Um, I've got to know a lot about him just as a man. So Jay's my, Jay's my homie, man. That's, that's much love to the OG, man. Yeah, that's dope. All right, this is going to be a loaded question for you, but what, what advice would you give um, somebody trying to become, like, either a boxing manager or, like, trying to get into, like, the sports management field? I just had this conversation earlier, man, and where it's – I'm not going to say where it's turning to. It's always been this way. But, you know, it's like a fraternity, man. Like, you – it's not really who you know. It's, like, who knows you. And, you know, net, networking is one thing, but – um, I'll be real with you. It's like if you're building an empire or whatever it may be, um, you don't want to let too many unknowns or like people that you really don't know within to your system, especially if it's one that's that's working uh, pretty strongly. You want to know who those people know, who they're connected with or who they're tied into. So I would I would tell someone that is trying to get in uh, the same thing I, I told the young lady earlier. It's like, bro, like who knows you like what? what's your end into the business? If it's just because you're a great marketer and you know what I'm saying? You're really passionate about it. There's a lot of people that are great marketers that, that are really passionate about it. What's going to set you aside from that individual? Or if you feel like you know I'm saying, you know um, so much about the business, there's probably a lot of people that know about the business. What's going to set you aside from them to get you inside that door, man. So it's not about what you know, really it's about, about, who knows you? That's really what I brought it down to. Who knows you and who can you attach yourself to to get into the door? The focal point is getting inside the door. Once you get inside the door, man, you can navigate your own way from there. But the key is to get inside the door. And um, trust me, I've, I've walked up to the door and knocked on it and, and asked people nicely, hey, man, can you guys let me in, please? I'm a really nice. That, that don't work. So you got to you gotta find another way inside the, inside the door. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know uh, we both know AJ Galante. Did you get to watch the documentary? Of course. Of course. <laughs> hey, yo, what's crazy? What's crazy about that? I've been knowing AJ for years. Yeah. He never told me any of that. Like, he never told me about his pops. He told me that his dad, you know what I'm saying, was like he had did a bit or whatever, but yeah. he never told me any back information on his pops. <laughs> He never told me about him being, you know what I'm saying, a GM at 17. That was so much that AJ didn't tell me. But um, a couple of days before it came out, he texted me and uh, he was like, yo, no, no judgment, man. Like, don't judge me for what you see. And I'm thinking, like, what are you talking about? AJ's always been just this nice, respectful, like, individual. He's always been, like, just so cool. So when I'm watching it, I'm like, who is this? I don't know who this is on the on the screen right now, man. I was, yo, that's probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah. And even if I didn't know homie, even if I didn't know AJ, it still would be one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, man. So much respect to what they the history they made, bro. Yeah. Man, that's it's crazy, man. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, see, like, I, I think just being from Connecticut, I knew about the story. So, like, I, I feel like if I was were in your shoes, it'd be like the same. Like, I probably wouldn't. If I just knew him from boxing, then yeah. I would know, like, what you're saying. 
Man, bro, I was <laughs> blown away. And I tell you, like, AJ, for a while, why didn't you tell me any yeah. of this, man? He was like, it just never came up. And I was yeah. like, no, nah, man, you're supposed to tell me about this, man. But it was it was really dope, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had him on today, actually. So it was cool to okay. uh, get the whole story and just bullshit with him. But it was funny. Well, uh, all right, you ready for some fun questions? All right, let's do it. Uh, what's your, what's your favorite thing to do? Like when you have free time, get a massage, man. Like right. I'm, 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 I'm 35 now. So <laughs> like 10 years ago, I'd be like, man, shit, my favorite thing to do is go out to a club and get a section, bro. And turn all the way up. Um, and then figure out how to get home. But like now, man, I honestly, I need an hour massage and yeah, that's my favorite thing to do, bro. All right. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite song right now? Favorite song right now is, um, oh, uh, The Life of the Party, Kanye West and Andre 3000. All right. Not, re- not really Kanye's verse, but Andre 3000 verse, man, classic, classic, classic. So that's, I've been, I've been having that song on repeat lately. All right. If I come to Dallas, what, what restaurant do I got to go to? Hmm. Now that's a, that's a. It's Texas. It's the South. So people talk about barbecue. Um, you can kind of pick any barbecue restaurant in Texas, in Dallas especially, and you can't go wrong. Um, but for me, though, if you come into Texas and you're rolling with me, I would take you to Velvet Taco. Velvet Taco is the spot to go to. All right. Hey, you're, you're a Cowboys fan, right? Hell no. <laughs> oh, you're not <laughs> No, oh, I see it behind. I see the thing behind you, isn't that? So cool? what's great? So what that is like? I actually, I rented out, I rented out the stadium, which not, that sounds kind of big. I didn't rent out the entire stadium. I didn't. I did an event at the stadium, so I rented out a nice piece of time, and um, that that's my son and I, my son, myself, and my mom and my dad are standing behind us. I'm throwing a touchdown pass to my son which he dropped, so it wasn't a touchdown. But, um, you know, they let us get on the field and run around and throw the football around or whatever it may be. But I'm not a Cowboys fan. I will never be a Cowboys fan. It's just I live in Dallas. I was doing a fundraiser, and the stadium is beautiful. I always admit that, but it'll be a cold day in hell before I ever So who's your, who's your team? Dallas Cowboys. Who's your team? Cisco. San Francisco? Yeah, I'm a Niners. Yeah, I'm a Niners fan, bro. I'm a Niners fan. My dad, man. My dad raised me. He raised me on the Niners, bro. And I I follow my dad, man. All right. So how do you think? So my original question was gonna say, how do you how do you think the Cowboys are gonna do? So how do you think the 49ers are gonna do this year? I'll answer both questions. The, the, the Cowboys <laughs> will the Cowboys will underachieve as as they've done the past I think 30 years. They will underachieve. Like they 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 may make the playoffs. But if they do, they will lose in their first game. Uh, but for the 49ers, man, we just lost our running back for the year and we lost our cornerback for the year. So uh, we lost two starters, like our first game out, which I think this happened, I want to say last year, the year before last. But um, I have us going to the playoffs. I think what, what we're really trying to figure out is our quarterback right now. Like, of course, Garoppolo is the guy that we paid, but we just drafted Trey Lance with the yeah. number three pick. You don't you don't just bench the number three pick just because. Yeah. So uh, once we figure that out, you know I think we can make another run at a, at a Super Bowl. But for right now, 
I see it just realistically making the playoffs. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at on social media? Um, I don't say nothing on Twitter, man, but you can follow me on there. Uh, D, D Adrian Clark uh, on, on IG, which I'm most probably active on, is AC underscore Clark. And um, on Facebook, Adrian Clark or Protect Yourself at All Times, LLC. And, you know, hit me up on any of those, man, and I'll respond to you. Again, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck with everything you're doing. I, I'm always keeping track of what you're doing, and uh, I'll be checking out the sixth book when it comes out. PG, my guy, I'm, I'm proud of you, brother, man. Keep, keep breaking down doors. Family. This episode has been brought to you by BUSR.com. Go check it out to get your free $100 bet when you deposit $100 at BUSR.com slash Paul. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.